Welcome to the Prayer Room Podcast, a place to reflect, connect, and grow in faith together. We're happy you're joining us today, and we hope you're blessed. All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Jorge, and welcome to the Prayer Room Podcast. With us today, we got Elliot, Jose, and Abraham. We are happy to be here with you guys today, and we have an announcement that today we will be ending our season one of the Prayer Room Podcast, and we will be starting back up in September, so stay tuned for that. Today, for our last episode of our season, we want to end off with discussing in an interview conversational uh, episode in regards to God's plan. Last episode was in, was about Jeremiah 29, 11, and we discussed what that text means, how we receive that text. And today I want to, as a facilitator, I want to ask these guys individually how that plays out in their life and how they understand it. I've had countless conversations in the past years about God's plan. And in the past three uh, weekends, I've had people specifically ask for clarity on this. So I felt that we should do a follow-up Q&A with some guys that understand the Lord, have relationships with God, and see how they understand it. So I hope that from this episode, you will have a clear understanding, or at least have a understanding of how we understand it. And so we're going to start off with a few questions. And I'm going to be asking them to you guys. And so just uh, feel free to answer, feel free to jump in. We'll be speaking about God's plan. I have been a Christian leader for about nine years. And I, the idea of God's plan was always spoken into my life. And I feel that God's plan is received in a certain way in North America. That when we have successes, we say, well, that was all part of God's plan. You know, when you graduate, although that was all part of God's plan, or, or that was the Lord's will, you know, this was the Lord's will is going to happen. They, they kind of go two and two. And uh, the reason why I struggle with God's plan is because in, in, in my life, I definitely have seen these victories and I've seen these great things. But when I ask somebody in a third world country what God's plan means, it means something completely different. And so I'd like to ask you guys, you know, when when we think of God's plan, like, does God have a life plan? I know we spoke about how God's plan is salvation through Jesus Christ, but does God have a life plan for everybody on this earth? T tell me what you mean by life plan. So Just does he have, so for example, when, when I was born or when you were born, did God say, I have a life plan planned out for Abraham ahead of him. If Abraham is going to A, and then he's going to B, and then he's going to C, and then he's going to end up at university, and then he's going to, you know what I mean, become a pastor, etc., etc. Did God have this laid out? Because the text, the Bible says, before you were in the womb, I knew you, right? So when he knew you, did he already know what you would be and plan, have it planned out? I, I can't say yes to that question because... If you're talking about from birth to mm. to death, right? Womb to tomb. Mm. One of our teachers used to say that at, at university. If you're talking about that lifespan, I can't say that that God has, by that definition, a life plan. 
that God wants us to go from, like you said, A to B to C to D to E to F to all the way to, to, to Z or Z or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Because there are infinite amount of factors that change things and really begin to mold you. You're not an individual. Well, you are an individual, but you're not who you are yet. Like you, you haven't been formed in your personality and your character and your interests and your likes and yeah, dislikes. Yeah, but Brad, we your... would say that all those things that mold us were part of God's plan, right? Some might argue that. Yeah. And, and I do think that there are things that God wants to lead us to into our characters and our attitudes and our habits. But I mean, Paul talks about this idea that, um, that we're the body of Christ. And he asks that question. He says, if all were, if, if everybody was an eye, where would the hands be? Or would the feet be? Or would the mouth be? If everybody was a, was a nose, where would the head be? You know, like where, where would, where, where would anything be? Every, every, every part of the body serves an entirely different function and a unique function. And that means that we all are going to be different and unique. Well, being different and unique is fine, but because God says, Hey, I am, I am the potter. You are the clay as if God is making something of us. And so, but my question is, well, does therefore God have this laid out plan? You know, Jose, what do you, what do you think? Cause you're a pastor. I'm sure you, you, you know, you've said the Lord has a plan for you, right? To somebody. When you're saying that, what does that mean, right? Does God have a life plan here on earth? The, the concept of predestination is something that I am not in agreement with. Believing that he, he basically, in his sovereignty, he, he planned out every single step of my life. I don't believe in that personally. But I do believe that in his overall plan, and this applies to everybody, there is that desire to lead us into his story and get involved in how he's involved in the world today. So I know that there is going to be other questions later on in the podcast that are going to lead me into another thing that I wanted to add. But basically, that is my position on it. His goal, his desire is to lead us all in his story and lead us into how he's involved in the world today. Does he have a specific plan? I, I don't think so. I think the ultimate plan is there. Elliot, God's plan. As I hear the answers, I'm, I'm kind of torn both ways now in a sense, because when I become a Christian, I enter into his rest. Like I have rest in his plans. I have uh, a calm assurance that he's in control of my life, you know? And there's something... Uh, we're living in a world that's very anxious, very depressed because they're going on their plans, their own desires for their life, their own plan. So there is something about entering into God's will or God's plan. And I think that's just submitting to the fact that I'm not in control of my life. So it's not a negative thing to say, I'm entering into God's plan. Is it a specific thing? that's been predestined. I don't even know. And I don't even think it matters. I don't even, who cares? I'm just entering into his will and his desire for my life. That is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to die to our plans, to ourselves and enter into his plan, whatever that may be in a sense, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you said two things. You said, God is, you know, I'm surrendering my intent into God's plan, but he doesn't have a plan. And secondly, that God is in control. So is God in control, guys? Well, f- first, I just want to clarify something because I think we're, we're, 
I, I have this issue with making these blanket statements and just saying, no, God doesn't have a plan because I think God does, mm -hmm. but God doesn't have a plan that, that exists for me from, from, you know, birth to death that is written in stone, that is overriding my free will that I have to follow into. It's not a, it's not a one way path. It's not a like, uh, you know, when you drive on, on uh, a lot of downtown areas have those like one way streets, right? Yeah. It's not a one way street. It's, it's a branched off tree and, and how you grow and how you develop and what direction and, and all that other stuff is going to be different. And mm -hmm. so I can't say that, no, God doesn't have this one road that I have to follow from my birth till I'm dead. But I think God has plans as I develop, as I change, as I grow, as my, as, as I come closer to him, I think God drops plans into my lap, but that does that, does that necessarily mean that I have to follow every single one of them or that there is one singular plan that involves all of these different, you know, multifaceted avenues. No, I, I can't say that, but I also can't say that God doesn't have plans, that God doesn't plan things for me, that God doesn't have ideas for my life and, and directions that he'd like me to go. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say that either. So would that, would that only apply to us in North America or what would you say to somebody in a third world country that doesn't have their next meal or, you know, or what do you say to the, I asked this question in our chat, what do you say to the 215 kids that were found buried under a church? Did God have plans for these kids or did God like what, what, what about like, that's why I'm saying in North America, we play with this word of God's plan, but what about people that aren't in these circumstances that we're in? Does God's plan still align there? Yeah. It, it, God's plan is independent of who we are in our circumstances in the sense that, that he will still have plans. They may not all be the same and they may not all head in the same direction and they may not even involve all the same areas. God, the way that God works has to be different for every single person. God, God cannot be love and work in the same way that he works for, for you, Jorge, that he works for me. Like if you guys, you know, know us, we're all entirely different people. We have very different viewpoints, very different personalities. And so for God to work in the way that he works with Jose or Elliot or Jorge would not be the way that he works right. with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that means that regardless of what circumstance or culture or society or, or whatever economic place that we live in, God has plans, yeah. but those plans are going to have to change based on where we are. And, and I think a lot of times you're right. I think when we talk about God's plans, we talk about, you know, uh, financial stability, especially in our first world countries, we talk exactly. about all those things, you know what I mean? But that might be part of it. Sure. Okay. But that's not going to be it for everybody because not everybody's concern or primary, you know, uh, focus is going to be that at the moment. And so that means that for God to say, well, God's plans only involve, x amount of things or x mm -hmm. subjects is well no then that ceases to be god god is responding to where we are right so, like, so elliot what was what was god's plans for the 215 kids that were found buried under a church that were raped by nuns and priests tough question i think just to bring it back before i answer that i thought it was interesting that you know you graduated and they said that was god's plan or they are <laughs> you know you bought your first car that's god's plan like your first house first house like uh, is that really what you know is that what jesus died on the cross for you know how are you getting somewhere was that the plan you know when i say i submit to his ways and his plan i have rest in that because i think that's what's best for me right and whatever that best is i do not know Right. But I don't think when I bought the car 
that was the best for me. Like, that's what I'm doing here. That's why I was, that's God's plan. Like, I, I think there's something way deeper, way more profound about God's plan. I think people misuse it in North America for superficial things like that. So therefore you're troubled when the residential schools happen and you're like, God, well, residential schools. I'm just using an example. Cause it just, we just discovered that I could use, I could think of many. I've, yeah. God's I've, plan. I talked about the kid that was born, you know, became a, a, a child of war and died a child of war. You know, yeah. uh, I'm just, I'm just using that example as well. Does God have a plan? What was God's plan for them? Because they never, I mean, they didn't get, they didn't graduate university. They didn't have their first marriage, the first wife. They didn't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm saying is like, will you still follow God in North America if everything is stripped away from you? If your answer is no, then your relationship was not with God. Yeah. Because so what- then, because why, why were, why were we even making North America third world country scenarios? What is I your, know. what is your foundation? It shouldn't even right. trouble you technically. So God's plan isn't anything necessarily materialistically or a house a career a wife no i can't no but but see <laughs> now now i think hold on hold on hold on, hold on. jose 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 uh, i'm just thinking i'm just thinking <laughs> go ahead abraham go ahead <laughs> i think I, I i have trouble saying well no it's not this and it is this you're right i can't say that it is a house and i can't say that it is materialism but if that is it for someone who am, I, who am I to argue with God that that's planned for one individual somewhere for whatever purpose that God has for their life? I, like, I, I can't say that it's never going to be that. But is it always going to be that? No. And, and, and speaking, speaking on, on the residential school, speaking on, on the, the child that went into, it was a child soldier, right? All of those events did not exist in a vacuum. Those, those children didn't choose to experience that. Right, right. That child didn't choose to become a child soldier. That means that there were there are people that imposed their own will, yeah. their own broken ideologies, their own yeah. twisted view of God, and imposed it on someone else. Right. But that also means that there's a responsibility for others who have a true relationship with God, who have, a, who have an understanding of what God's way is of peace and mercy and love and forgiveness and compassion that then have responsibility to then reorient the way that brokenness is existing in our world. So if there are people that are, that are acting for evil, there must necessarily be also people that are going to be acting for good. Yeah. And so again, like it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. And so that means that part of what I think God's will plan for our lives is going to be that fighting for justice. Yeah. Fighting well, for, that, for the end of oppression from, from us that are alive. I just want to share you guys a personal story. I met a female that was raped and uh, I had asked her how other Christians had communicated to her. Um, and she was raped when she was uh, between five and seven years old. And the, her responses that she got was, you know, God has a plan for you though. And um, that, you know, God is in control. And I, I actually, uh, you know, I apologized to her that that was told to her for my own personal reasons. Cause her response was this. I said, God's plan was for me to be raped from five to seven and God is in control. How do you respond to that? Jose? Well, I would say that it, it is unfortunate that some people would say that because oh, yeah. that is definitely not what was supposed to happen. You know, God 
didn't want that to happen, right? I have an issue with something. And this is something that, that I always keep in the, in the forefront of my, of my head, you know, of my mind. And that is that everything bad that happens is because God allowed it to happen. Right. Well, because we have this understanding of God is in control and God's plan. Correct. Correct. So therefore, if, it, if something bad happened, well, it must be part of God's plan because he's in control. Yeah, it, it, is, uh, it, it is very sad, you know? Everything bad that happens, we always point finger at God. And we say, why did you allow this to happen? Because, or, or... Of, our, because of our ideology that he's in control. And Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Man, I, I just wonder, you know, and <laughs> I, I, may get, I may get myself in trouble here. I don't know. Like I have a bunch of, of, of ideas in my head as to, as to why some things happen. Yeah. I have a bunch of things in my head. Like I don't even know how to get it out. It's a tough, it's a tough one, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. This conversation is tough. That's why I just face it bang on when I tell people and we're, we're, we're Elliot really touched on it kind of already because I, I believe that the way we understand God's plan and the way we understand God is in control changes the way we view life and our Christian walk, right? Because look how we're stuttering. Look how we're stumbling to express this, right? Yeah, because the thing is that if we have a wrong perception of who God is and, and how he's involved, like it, it affects everything, exactly. mm -hmm. right? So, so that's why like when I go to the God of the Bible, man, I, I, I don't see this as part of what he does, mm -hmm. you know? So there has to be another another outside force, supernatural force at play too. And that's why I always keep in mind the reality that, that we're in the midst of a controversy and, and the enemy is also at play. And he uses mediums to do his will as well, right? Just like God has a, has a plan, an ultimate goal, the enemy does as well. Right, so, we don't wrestle with only flesh and blood. Right. Wrestle against principalities, you know what I mean? It's these, in the spiritual world as well, right? And, and, and for sure, uh, Bram, what do you, what do you, you wanted to get in there? Yeah. I think the first lesson we need to unlearn is, is the idea that one, again, it's this predestination thing that, that when we talk about God's plan, that it must necessarily include every, every single aspect and experience we go through. And I think that when we box God in to think that, you know, every single thing that happens to us is part of some pre-written or, or pre-ordained mm -hmm plan for our lives, I think is problematic. So you guys don't believe in it was meant to be. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Elliot. No, it was meant to be. Mm, I think there's obstacles that happen in life that, that were meant to be to push me forward. Yes. So you do believe in it was meant to be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think failures happen. I think failures happen. Just because they happen, because life's hard. But that's in the natural. Like, like if I fail, fail in my business, hey, that hey, that was meant to be. It's time to pivot. Time to get to another one, right? But but but, let me ask a question too. Does God ordain that failure? Yeah. Right, because then it would yeah, that would change between it being meant to be or not. Well, yeah, like I think it's like a lot of these things that's why i'm like does god want me to have a business does god want to have maybe me be successful yes um, but he's more worried about my heart you know and and that's when he's going to come in there right hey is elliot so focused on 
is this a, is this affecting his heart? Is this affecting his walk with Christ? Right? Like he's not wondering, I gotta make this gotta increase his net worth, or hey, I gotta get him that first car. Like that's when it becomes superficial. I think he's evaluating the business based on my heart. So, but ordain my business like i want him to if it fails did he make that happen i don't know it's just such weird questions i don't even think like i don't even think like that it's just it seems so dumb (laughs) (laughs) yeah because there is also that that um the angle of of the choice that we have right and Mm -hmm. with choice there is risk right and uh, for like for example if we bring it into relationships when you get into a relationship um thinking of potentially getting married like that's a risk right what? you run the risk of 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 not being loved back you know yeah. or or maybe getting into it and then it changes later so well i and i wanted to bring this in like one part of confusion of god's plan is in relationships so mm-hmm. for example like jose have you ever been with a girl before your wife and been like ah man this is the one like this is like this is the lord's will and <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> and you went no i was never for, at... <laughs> looked for a wedding ring for her oh, yeah no no no, uh, <laughs> no. don't lie jose jose no. don't lie no. you know like just... assumptions assumptions from people <laughs> around me at that <laughs> moment yes <laughs> i was in costco but but you know what i mean we've all been in relationships we're like this i matter we believe that to be the lord's will and we're gonna marry this woman right yeah. And I get that too. And I'll tell you, like when I'm close with the Lord and things are happening in my life, I think, oh man, you know, like when I came to the Lord, I met a girl. So I was like, okay, you know, this is all part of it, right. I'm really close to the Lord. Now he's opening up doors to meet, meet this woman, you know, this must be, this must be ordained by the Lord. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the thing is, and this is where I, I go, the Lord will work on your heart to make you understand, is this good for you? You know what I mean? He's not saying, is that girl part of the plan? He's saying, dwell with me. And when dwelling with me, I'll make you understand if this is good for you. You know, not what's uh, when being with Christ, like if everything is good for me for Elliot, then I'm, then I'm living a very selfish life. I think a Christian walk is to be selfless to understand what God's plan is for you, for what God's will is for you. Because if you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm kind of getting at? Mm. So maybe what you're saying, Ellie, is that in that moment, God is inviting you into a very, very close connection with him so that when you're spending time with him and he's giving you the wisdom that you need, you will be able to make the choice. Exactly. See, and I don't know why we're troubled if God has a plan for me and it's predestined. I still choose it and not choose it throughout my life. I don't, if God has a good route for me throughout my day today, I want to go on it. It's not that I'm a robot. It's that I want to die to my selfish ways because it hasn't given me anything. And I want to go on that route. That's okay. If it's out there for me, if there's multiple, great. If there's one, great. I want to go on that route. Why not? He's God. But, but, but there's a, this very d- dis- distinct distinction to make here. We're talking, when we talk about God's plan mm-hmm. or a will or some desire for like, let's just, just forget a year, forget a lifetime. Let's talk about that day. Elliot says, you know, if, if God has a, a thing for my day, that's how God wants me to go. That's fine. I agree. That's fine. But where I take issue is when we, when we throw in predestined because predestined removes free will. 
predestined means that I have no choice but to do so. Now, if God has an ideal path for me, if God has an ideal path for me for that day, of course, I want to walk on that because I trust that God's ideal path for me for that day is going to be good. It's going to lead me into to a better relationship with him, better relationship with others, following what God wants me to do. But when we talk about predestination, then that becomes an issue for me because then it's a removal of free will. And if it's a removal of free will, it's necessarily a removal of love. Love cannot exist without free will. What part is removed? What part is removed on free will for a predestined outcome? Like what's well, an example? Well, prede- predestined means that there's no other choice but to do so. Yeah. But that's how we define predestination. That if God has a plan in, in the context of predestination, that every direction that happens must necessarily lead to that. That okay. it is written in stone and we have no choice but to follow that. But let me, let me give an example the Lord has placed on my heart that I should start a small group in the future or, or Hey, the Lord has put on my heart that I should plant a church. Right. He's put on my heart. Right. But that's not predestination. Okay. So maybe that's why I'm like, maybe I'm arguing against it because I'm thinking that's what it is. I don't get the example of predestination. Predestination in, in that example means that if, if, for example, right now, God has placed it in your heart, that's what you feel. In five years, your church is guaranteed to be, guaranteed to be X, X size with X amount of people. And God is exactly going to bring these exact people. And every step of the way is going to be changed for that specific purpose. Not in a way that allows you to, to make choices for that, but in a way that God has already written it. That God, that God has placed that story and that you cannot choose to do Otherwise, but it's like a whatever book. you do, the story's already written. And no matter how, no matter what page you're on in the story, the story's already written. The story's not going to change and so that's, every and chapter so, and verse and word. Yeah, and so there's there's folks out there that feel that if it's meant to be, it's going to be right, and that if it's part of God's plan, like it'll happen, and uh, like that this will occur because God has a plan. And I guess what we're trying to say, and I want to kind of move from this a bit, is that God's plan for those that are, are listening, uh, and I think we're, we're at a collective of this, minus Elliot a little bit, that God's plan isn't predestined. It isn't something that he has planned from A to Z and that has to happen, you know? But we play a, such a huge role in it. And so, um, and as Elliot touched on as well, like God's plan might have nothing to do with, in, in, the, in the big picture with houses, mansions, cars, and, 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 and diplomas and degrees, you know, but rather who, who we're becoming, right? I just think of the text, Jesus said, it's not what goes in a man, it's what comes out of a man, right? So God's not so much, no, God isn't obsessed with what's going in you, what you're getting or all these things, which are great, but what does it produce coming out of you, you know? And it seems God's plan really seems to be to live out the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Right. Because because you could get you could become a doctor. But man, if you're an a-hole or if you and you don't love your neighbor and all of these things, well, that couldn't have been part of God's plan because it seems that God's plan. And this is the way I view it. And if this is the way I view it is God's plan is for my heart to be changed Mm -hmm. and to be like him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if I can't handle having a mansion, then then man, then. And I shouldn't have one. If I can't handle having $10,000, I, I shouldn't have, I can't handle having one woman. I, I shouldn't get a wife. You know what I'm saying? If these mm-hmm. things make me a monster, 
they're no good. And so, so for the people listening, and I, I want to really speak this into you that God's plan isn't something necessarily we touch, but it's something that we become. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think a lot of the times why we struggle with this idea of God's plan is because we're coming to God yeah. for, for what is material exactly and and it's right. and we're forgetting that that everything else is peripheral right right it, the god's initial will and goal for us is spiritual and mm. so we're we're really coming to god to find out his plan not because we want relationship with god but because we want material or relational possessions mm. and and spouses or girlfriends or whatever and so that means that i think what's what's intrinsically wrong is that again we're not coming to god for a relationship with him we're coming to God for what he can give us. Right. And, and I think of, of, of a couple of verses. I think, first of all, Matthew, where um, Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And he says, pray like this. And then he says this word. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Means there is a will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Micah 6, 8. And then God says, you know, he says, I don't want sacrifices. I've told you, oh man, what is good. Right. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. What does that have to do with what girlfriend I have or what wife I have or how many houses or cars or whatever, everything that we have in the material world is meant to feed into a spiritual relationship with God. If it doesn't, why chase it? Mm -hmm. Or or if it, or if it doesn't, if you can't handle it, the Lord can't necessarily uh, anoint it in its way, put his hand on it. Exactly. I always say to the Lord, God, I want you to change my heart so you can trust me with more. Because in my personal walk, I want more. You know what I'm saying? So I Mm -hmm. say, trust me with more. I asked God, I want to, I I prayed for the Lord for a specific spouse, guys. You know? So for you guys listening about God's plan, I I prayed for a specific kind of spouse. And I'm engaged to one of the best women in the world. (laughs) And and I prayed for her specifically. You know what God did, Jose? Mm Mm-hmm. Is what we're gonna make you that first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Of course. We're gonna change you first, then, right? Yeah. And 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 seeing that God's plan wasn't necessarily this person was. I'm gonna change you so you attract what you are. I'm gonna change yeah. you so you can handle what you want. I'm gonna change you so that you can still be a role model in these areas that you desire to reach. You know what I'm saying? So when it says, "I want to give you the desires of your own heart," in the Psalms, the Lord will give you the desires of your own heart. Well, why would he give you the desire of your heart if it makes you a monster? Why would he give you a woman if you're going to treat that woman like an animal? And I'm glad you mentioned that, Jorge. Sorry to interrupt you here because the verse, that verse that you made uh, reference to actually starts by saying, delight yourself in the Lord. Yeah. And then he will give you the desires of your heart. So it all stems from delighting yourself from the relationship, right? Yeah. So, and, and Elliot touched on this a few times, like, well, well, if I'm with the Lord, I'm going to, I'm closer. I'm with the Lord. I'm going to know what is good for my life and what is not right. Because I'm delighting in the Lord. And when I delight in the Lord, my desires, I'll know, does this lead me closer, farther from God and God's plan? It's from what I'm getting and how I understand is who am I becoming in this world? Because mm. Jesus says, man, don't hold your treasures here on earth where, where they can be rotten and eaten and taken away. Have them in heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. So God's plan can't necessarily be tied to what I have, what I have here on earth, but it is, mm-hmm. it is, it is involved with who I become here on earth. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and you said, you know, David talks about God giving us the desire of our hearts. The same, same David, same psalmist says, create in me a, a pure heart. Yeah. He recognizes that his heart is, is broken. It's messed up. It wants other things that aren't related and that won't lead him into spirituality and relationship with God. And so he says, create in me a clean heart. Yeah. You know, and I think for, for anyone listening, if you're, if, if this isn't at all bringing any clarity <laughs> to you, cause you're trying to figure out, you know, like, Hey man, what, what job, what career should I go into? Hey, what relationship should I chase? What stop asking that question. Cause again, you're, you're, if you're, if that's your main focus, then you're asking about God's plan to get to know material stuff. Exactly. If you want to know God's plan, get to know God, hmm. enter into relationship with God. I think he'll reveal stuff to you. He'll lead you in walking in acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly with him. Everything else falls into place, right? Matthew, what, 633 says, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. All things come after, right? If you enter into relationship with God, things become more clear. But I think where where we're finding lack of clarity is where we're finding lack of relationship with God. Yeah. And and the next question I wanted to ask you guys, because it goes, so how have you guys you know, how have you guys understood God's plan in your life as it has unfolded? And I'd like to answer that question by kind of bit of my life. Like when I think of my spouse, when I think of some of the things I have and the opportunities that have opened, it has all begun because I walk with the Lord. Because I've walked with the Lord, I met certain people. Mm-hmm. Because I walked with the Lord, I became a certain person and attracted certain people in my life. You know what I'm saying? Because I walk with the Lord, I, I, I happened to be in church and met certain opportunities instead of being in the club and, and having other opportunities. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, instead of because I was at church, because I went to university, I met Abraham, I met Jose, I met Elliot. But had I, had I stayed in the streets, I would have been with Tyrone and, and Jerome and Jerome. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> And so, and so it all, it all, <laughs> those are it real all, friends. Those are real friends. Jorge has. It all uh, stems back to, I, I decided to walk with the Lord. And when I started to walk with the Lord, I walked on a road where there was things that didn't exist in the other road. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And so God's plan for my, how I've seen it work out was as I walk with him, he has, he has definitely you know, this thing of he's called me places. He has definitely put on my heart to go to certain places. He has definitely put on my heart to talk to certain people. He has definitely put on my heart to do certain things. And, and, and as I walk with him and I say, God, what is not to say, what is your will for my life? But God, what are things I should be stepping into? You know, and that's how I've seen it work out. And, and through my whole plan, what God has been obsessed with me is I got to change your heart. So if these are the things that you desire in, in this life, yeah. so what about, like, what about you, uh, Elliot? Like, how have you seen God's plan working in your life as you understand it? Mm-hmm. I guess before I get into that, I was thinking, I was thinking about this question yesterday and I was thinking, how are people operating? Are they operating on God's plan? Are they operating on their own plan? And, and even a third category came up to mind, which was no plan, you know, <laughs> where, they're, where they're actually just kind of tossed, tossed by the wind. They don't trust God. They also don't even trust in themselves. They've gone to a place where they're super anxious that they can't even go off their own decisions. Um, And then they bring God into their life and they can't trust God to lead their life, you know? So they're kind of in this way where the world just goes and life just moves. Right. Um, Which I wanted to touch on because I, 
I just think about this very anxious world we're living in, right? And I believe um, there is peace in entering into God's plan. And and for my life, how does that how has that helped me? I think going in deeper, moving away from moving away from the superficial. And I think and I think we come into that because maybe yeah, bad theology or you know just things that have come into your life where you're like, yeah, let me pray for <laughs> my home. Let me pray for my my health, my wealth, my network, you know, very superficial things. Right. And what you can pray for what you can. And it's okay too. Cause I think we are in a culture that is surrounded by these milestones. Like we put so much emphasis on it. We spend so many years in school to get a career, to make money, to have a family. You know, there's, I'm meeting 30 year olds that think their life's over because they didn't get married because they don't have kids that their window has closed. Right. So we are surrounded by a world that has put so much emphasis on these milestones. So therefore I go pray for them because I put so much priority to these things. Right. Because how can you not, I need that. I need that. I need that. Right. What the Lord's plan for my life. And that is what I've been moving deeper into. And, and I'm okay that that, that it's set out for me because I think, it's okay for the Lord to have plans for me to give me a new mind, a new heart, you know, a new soul. Like it just give me everything new because, and then see where that takes me, you know? So how has the Lord taken you? Like the question I asked was, how have you seen God's plan in your life? Like what, how has that been? I think, I think similar to what you're saying, Jorge, where it's like, when you, when you enter into, you know, God, God's spirit, he leads you into a place where you're like, well, you know, I'm leading this small group because I'm, I'm dying to my selfish desires of sleeping in, (laughs) of being lazy, you know, of not caring for other people, you know, bringing someone into my life that needs reassurance, that needs hope, that is hopeless, you know, this is, I think the Lord will lead you into a plan of discipleship and bring people into your life to disciple. I think that's the greatest plan, the greatest commission that, that he's going to lead us into, because that is in the end, almost all, all that matters if salvation is on the line, you know? So, so how have you seen God's plan working in your life? As you, as you, you know, reflect back into your life, how have you seen God's plan working in your life? I'll tell you just a quick, 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 quick story. I've seen it in how God has, led me to abandon things that I had previously thought I wanted. And again, so I, I came to CUC, to Berman, much like many other pastors before me who all wanted to become doctors <laughs> and, and had some sort of experience that led you into religious studies and pastoral ministry. And I came my first year after I had spent a year and a half doing literally nothing after high school. I'd failed to plan my priorities were elsewhere and I'd failed to apply anywhere. And I took one semester in one place, one class, did, did an awful job. You know, I was, just had a whole bunch of whack of stuff going on in my life. And that literally led me with very few options. And then someone told me like, go to, go to CUC, they accept literally everybody. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. You know, well, let's go there. So I went there and I started to enter into a relationship with God, something that I hadn't really experienced for myself. And at the end of my first semester in in the biomed program, I I felt God really speaking to me in the summertime. And he asked me a question. He didn't tell me, he didn't tell me, you know, that this is where you need to go. He asked me a question. He said, why do you want to be a doctor? 
Yeah. And in a conversation with him, I was like, you know, well, well I want to help people. You know, I, I love helping people and, and I love medicine. I love science and biology. And so I want to kind of pursue that. And uh, he's like, is that really why you want to help people? Is that really why you want to be a doctor? And after a lot of conversation with him and a lot of struggling and wrestling, the, the real answer came up. And the real answer was like, well, no, I want financial stability. Right. I want to be able to provide because my family didn't necessarily have that growing up. And so I want to enter into a career that has financial stability, that has a certain future and, and, and is guaranteed that. And so God spoke like, he just said, trust me. Yeah. Yeah, that's not for you. Because you, what, everything that you're doing isn't wrong, but your real reasons for doing it are wrong. Hmm. So trust me. And uh, I felt really inclined then to move into religious studies, a career that I did not want to pursue until my fourth year of religious studies, my final year, I still didn't want to be a pastor. After I graduated, I still didn't want to be a pastor. In fact, right now, five years into ministry, I still don't want to be a pastor. You know <laughs> what I mean? But everything that God has been, has been leading me has been shaping my character and my heart for what he wants me to do. And so whether I stay a pastor for the rest of my life or whether I move on to something else is irrelevant because God is working to shape my heart. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I've seen God leading is I entered into relationship with him and God started to whittle away the things that hardened my heart against him and, and lead me into, into again, better relationship with him. Yeah. You know, I always say that had I not gone to school to become a pastor, I wouldn't be a Christian today. Oh, same. You know, a hundred percent. And so when I reflect back on God's plan, it's like, God wasn't really obsessed with me being a pastor. <laughs> you yeah. know, God wanted to change me yeah. into having this, this, this longevity of a relationship with him. But, and that included me going to school to become a leader in his church. Right. Mm-hmm. Jose, what about yourself? How, as you reflect back, you're now what? How old are you? 22, 23? <laughs> reflect back. <laughs> Just turned 27. <laughs> As you reflect back. back in your life, you know, many engagement rings later. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you yep. know, Heidi yep. Elliot, eh? Yeah. Oh, I was there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was there. Assumptions As to you. the listeners, only assumptions. <laughs> I can't unsee it. <laughs> I was just casually walking by looking at watches and then we came across the ring. So he said, oh yeah, rings. <laughs> His eyes were sparkling. Anyways, Jose, as you reflect back in your life, not just with relationship, but you know, with, with who you are, where you, where you are, where you're going, how have you understood God's plan in your life? So one thing that I realized is that when I've made my own choices, it goes, it goes bad, very bad. When I take my time to spend time with the Lord in relationship, in quietness, through, through the Holy Spirit, I believe that he speaks to my heart and he leads me into the decision that he wants me to make. At times it's through, through the Spirit that he speaks to, to me. At times it's through the Word. At times it's through a person. But that only happens when, when I ask him, you know, I think that that's where the, the secret is to ask him, you know, at times we, we ask other people, well, what is God's will for my life? But we don't ask God, what is his will for my life? You know? And I think that that's what has made the difference for me to ask him, what's, what does he want me to do? The thing with uh, me is that I'm very impatient 
I, I believe that many of us are, as, as humans, we're very impatient and we want answers today. And we don't persevere in spending time with him and asking what's his will. So that was funny because as I reflected on these questions today, I'm a personal devotion this morning. I went to a, to a little park here close to my house and I read Proverbs 1. And Proverbs 1 talks about the purpose of, of the book of Proverbs, which is to basically teach us about wisdom and, and instruction and that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all these things. So I came across a verse that is verse 23 in which we're, we're, um, the, the Bible here is talking about the results of rejecting wisdom. And it says, verse 23, that it basically says, like, repent at my rebuke. Yeah. Then it says, then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Yeah. So this is like me choosing to reject the wisdom that he gives me, walking in my own way. And then, actually, it's funny because in verse 31 of that same chapter, it says that if you continue in it, in your own way, in your own wisdom, it says you will eat the fruit of your way and be filled with the fruit of your scheme. So this is me walking in my will. This is me walking in my intelligence and my own understanding. But then, well, verse 23 is telling me, it's literally like God inviting me through the wisdom that he gives like repent on my rebuke. Like this rebuke is actually good for you. I'm calling you back to a relationship with me. I then when you repent, meaning when you turn away to, sorry. Yeah. When you turn away from what you're doing. Right. Basically God is telling me like, man, listen, when you listen to me, when you choose to stop trying on your own, then I will be able to pour on my thoughts to you. Cause if you don't repent, if you run, don't recognize my, uh, how dependent you are in me, you will never listen to me, mm -hmm. right? So I've come to realize that when I stop trying on my own and I just choose to spend time in quietness in front of God and I choose to surrender, as Elliot has emphasized many times here in the podcast today, I believe that he, he leads me into what it is that is the best for me. I want to touch on something real quick because... If you heard Jose's statement in silos, meaning I haven't followed God and I've had bad things, right? But this is very important. What does Jose measure as bad things? Because this is where people get kind of tripped up. Like, because is that if we come to the Lord for good things, meaning house money, you. this, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. the Lord has answered my prayers. But if I came to the Lord for good, good things or good fruit. And I'm now, you know, changing, I'm, I'm going to my, my enemy and I'm, and I'm going for asking for forgiveness, you know, not, not for their benefit, but for my benefit. So what are you coming to the Lord for? What is your intentions? And Abraham touched on that, but I think it's a very important thing because I've entered with the Lord or sorry, when I didn't have the Lord, I had bad things. But once again, if, if everything that's good in the world is, spouse, money, house, then I'm having good things. I don't need the Lord. Right. Mm. So, so Jose says, I, I when before I followed the Lord or when I wasn't following the Lord, I had bad things, but he, he may have been married then he may have had a house over his head. Right. So what was that bad thing? So 
it's just a very important it, it really goes back to clarifying that yeah, yeah. no I, I i i'm glad that you mentioned that ellie I, I would say you know to to add to what you said i think the way that it has been a benefit to me is just his friendship you know be able to just sit and spend time with him in relationship because before when i'm making my own choices i i truly recognize that i have not been his friend He wants to be my friend, but I'm not choosing to be his friend. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just the peace that comes with knowing that I can be his friend and spend time with him as friends, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, and so with I'm that, gonna... there is blessing. I, be I truly believe that. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up here. And I'm going to... Um, right, before, to... before you go, I just, I just want to mention something that, that came across as we're talking about material stuff, right? I think God does bless sometimes absolutely material things but what's the purpose of being blessed with material things i i think back to genesis 12 where where god makes this covenant with abram and he says something specific he says i will bless you so that you might be a blessing that's right why does god give us good things sometimes why why does that come into our laps yeah because we're meant to bless others that's right anything that we receive the father says he who refreshes will be refreshed exactly Yeah. Exactly. Anything that we receive in the material plane here in this earth is yeah. meant to be used as a blessing. That's right. Even relationships, right? If you're blessed with with a good with a good marriage, with a good spouse, you're you're meant to take that and to bless others, to be an example of what a godly relationship looks like. Right. If you're blessed with the house, use that house to bless others. If you're blessed with finances, use those finances to bless others. Yeah. That's the purpose of of material blessings is to bless others for, for no other reason. Yeah. To bless others. There was an article, I believe it was in the Time magazine, it was put out years ago, it was called Godless America. That North America doesn't need God. Hmm. Because they, they connected it, Elliot, that we don't need God because we already have everything we, ha we need. Mm -hmm. We have food, we have cars, we have houses, we have money, we have clothes. Mm -hmm. The problem is they thought that that's what God was all about. Mm -hmm. But what I want to tell you all listeners is that That is important. And if you know me, you know that I think that's extremely important. <laughs> but what, I, but what, but what, what, what is God's plan? What God wants more from me is who I'm becoming as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you, we do live in godless North America. Not mm -hmm. because we, not because of everything we have, but everything we are not. Right. Mm -hmm. As people, mm -hmm. there's racism, there's hate crimes. There's, you know what I mean? Like the list goes on. Like it, it is godless because of who we are as people and God wants to change our soul. If you're praying, you're listening for us, you were praying, God, what's, what's your next move? What's this? God says, I, I, you, what you got to praise God, who do I need to become? Yeah. Hey God, this is what I want. I want a career. I want a wife. I want the, I want financial. I want whatever it is. God, who do I need to become in order to have that? Or who do I need to become in order to have what you have for me? You know, mm -hmm. that needs to be the prayer. God, I want to step in your plans to help me become that person that walks in those things that you have for me, right? And I'm telling y'all listeners, when I started praying for that, man, everything changed for me and I became a different person, you know? Um, I, want to, I want to end it in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Um, uh, the whole chapter uh, speaks about living as those made alive in Christ. And it basically... As you read it, as you read it, and I just want to read quickly verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, um, clothe yourself. It says, clothe yourself. 
with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is what we're, this is God's plan, you know? And then I just want to jump to verse 17. It says this, and whatever you do, okay? For us that are listening, you might not be where you want to be. You might not be in a career you want to be in. You might might be in a situation. It says, whatever you do, wherever you're at, look what the Bible says, whether in word or deed, how you speak and what you're doing. It says, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So ask yourself, where I am, am I doing this in the name of Jesus or am I doing this in the name of temporary? Mm -hmm. I'm just here. Mm -hmm. So I don't give a crap how, how I act. I don't care what work I put in. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you'll see that when you show up hundred percent and say, I'm here, I'm going to honor the Lord through where I am, what I'm doing, how I speak. You'll see, man, things are going to change. Things are going to open up. And I hope that as, as you know, wh- who's listening that as you pray for God's plan, you start praying, God, who do I need to become then? How do I live out my faith? And then you will see that the opportunities will open for you that didn't, that weren't there before. Not so much because of this predestination God has not for you, but as we become certain people, different doors open up for us. Yeah. As a drug dealer, I could have never been a pastor. <laughs> I needed to become a pastor so that I could speak to churches. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't do that as a drug dealer. God had to change me and I could only become a pastor because of who I was becoming as a person. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just keeps trickling. It just keeps trickling down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I could have never had my fiance had I not be, been the person that I am today. My fiance would have never married a drug dealer mm-hmm. and it just keeps trickling. It keeps trickling down. And so I want to, I want to thank y'all for listening. I hope that you get some clarity from this conversation and that God's obsessed with the heart, man house career car that's all good man and it's important and i hope to lead one on how important that is but man change your heart and change your life so uh we love you all we we hope to hear from all you all uh again in in, in the fall anyone have any closing thoughts fast closing thoughts Quick, quickly don't selfishly come to the lord like to become something new so that you can gain i think <laughs> you know what i mean I think that's, I think that's selfish. I think the Lord is changing you. He comes to the Lord to become something new, to benefit someone else, go into discipleship, go benefit someone else. Now it's not a, it's not a selfish exchange. That's my, my closing, closing thought. Right on. All right, Bram. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for having plans for us plans to change our hearts plans to mold us, to shape us, to help us become better followers of Jesus. I know that you're concerned with our pain and our suffering. I know that you're concerned with what we go through. Um, But sometimes we, we get focused on the wrong thing. Sometimes we treat Jesus as a means to an end instead of the means and the end. Sometimes we get wrapped up in what this world has to offer and forget that really what you're after is our heart. And so God, I pray that you would lead us into a better relationship with you, that we would stop asking the wrong questions and 
Instead, focus on who we're becoming and who you are transforming us into. So God, I pray that you would work in our hearts, that you would change us and that you would to be to, to make us not just better versions of ourselves, but to make us more like you. So God, I can pray that you continue to work with us and that you bless us so that we may bless others. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on the Prayer Room Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Prayer Room Podcast. If you'd like to send the team an email with questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can reach us at prayerroompodcast at gmail.com.